You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. So welcome to Sunday Coffee. Here on a Sunday, the opening weekend of SEC play in baseball. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield, the Farm Bureau Studios. Charlie's in the Farm Bureau Studios back in Startwell. I'm in the roving Farm Bureau Studios in uh, downtown Manhattan right now at our sister studios of the Southeastern Sports Group uh, here in the, our live studios downtown in Manhattan. And Charlie, I tell you what, from afar, and, and I've, uh, I've watched all the games so far, and looking back at the past two days, just quite simply, they hadn't been a whole lot of fun. No, they haven't. No real good way to put a positive spin on it. Blown out on Friday. Although I thought Preston Johnson pitched better than the numbers might otherwise appear. And then today you were in it. You had some big hits. Looked like you were there, almost there, but then couldn't pull it out at the end. And I got questions, Bart. I got questions. And I'm hoping that I can turn to you for answers. I don't know if I'm the guy that you want to turn to for answers right now. And, of course, one of the reasons it's kind of a down Sunday morning is I have no strange brew coffee. But I did find a a coffee shop that's named Gregory's Coffee. And I will say this, Gregory's Coffee is nowhere near as good as strange brew coffee. And so even if it has my last name, it's still not as good as what Shane and the gang do at Strange Brew. Strange Brew, three locations, two in Startville, one in Tupelo. Of course, uh, University Drive, they have the Spring Street and Highway 12, and then Brupolo up in Tupelo. Coldstone Creamery as well. And uh, Shane and the gang, I am uh, I'm looking forward to getting back and having Monday morning coffee at uh, Strange Brew and get my blueberry cobbler fix on Monday morning. Well, I've doubled down for you, Bart. I'm already into the coffee this morning. And, uh, look, I just got to ask you a few things. You said you've watched this from afar. And I've gotten several messages this morning, last night. And the messages kind of go like this. We can't hit. And then the next one is we can't pitch. Then the next one is we can't field. Is it all the above? What do you see? watching these first couple of games of this opening SEC weekend, or are we just overreacting? Is it just the way, as a man with a stadium with his name on it used to say, that's baseball? Where, where are we in your eyes? Well, first of all, Charlie, I don't think we're overreacting right now. You know, overreaction is what we talked about the first weekend of the year. Overreaction is losing the first game to Northern Kentucky. Uh, overreaction is losing an eight-run lead against Tulane. And now it's a situation where you get into it and it's, hey, we have some issues. And sometimes it's offensives, sometimes it's pitching, and sometimes, quite honest with you, it's in the field. And that's not a good combination. And it just seems like, and I don't know if it's – we've talked about this all season long, and Chris Lamona said after the game yesterday that this is a team that's still pressing. Well, you had three hits in a game on Friday against a really good pitcher. We talked about Jonathan Cannon. You know, he went eight innings in that game on Friday, gave up no runs, scattered three hits, struck out nine, didn't walk anybody. And right now he struck out 37 batters on the season compared to just one walk. 
And so you knew coming in, he's not a guy that's going to walk you. Uh, we struck out nine times. We chased some pitches down. Like you said, Preston Johnson was, was good enough on Friday. You know, he goes you know six innings. He gives up four runs, three earned, you know, five hits in the game, strikes out ten, and he walks one. And you know what? Those are pretty good numbers even for a Friday night. But here's what happens on Friday nights in the SEC. If you make any mistakes whatsoever, if you put guys on base on the backside in your bullpen, you're going to have trouble winning ball games. And then you look to yesterday and you see the 12 walks, you see eight walks from a starter and giving up runs in a one-run loss. I'm not trying to overreact at all. But at the end of the day, and hey, everybody knows this. I know this. You know this. Everybody that texts us or tweets us knows this. Chris Lamonis knows this. To win in Division One baseball, to win in the Southeastern Conference, doing what we're doing right now is not a winning recipe at all. I think the thing that concerns me most, and I've changed my mind a few times on this, is that right now on the back end of the bullpen, you don't have that guy that you can just look out to the bullpen and say game over. We're kind of been spoiled over the years at having a couple of those guys. Last year it was Landon Sims, and even to some degree, you felt like if you need to go to Preston Johnson, you had guys on the back end who you had trust in. Uh, you go back a year before that, and you think about some of the performances we got from Jared Lee Belt. You know, we've had some guys that at the end you trusted. Right now, nobody's grabbed that spot right now for Mississippi State. You ask yourself, how much does that change if Landon Sims is still in the starting rotation and now your bullpen has Preston Johnson in it? How much does it change if Stone Simmons is healthy and now he's back in the bullpen? It kind of changes the look of what you're trying to do there. That being said, you got to have more depth than what we're seeing and more depth of performance. And, look, there's still time. I, I would say it this way. We are not right now a good baseball team. That's a pretty strong statement to some to say we're not good, but we're not playing good. I think you could at least say that. It doesn't mean it has to stay that way. But I think if things are going to change, somebody's going to have to, for lack of a better phrase, get hot to really step it up in the bullpen. I feel like the bats will come around, but they're going to have to. I think it's safe to say that historically we've been kind of a slow-starting offensive team. And we're going to need some guys to pick it up. Now, Kellum Clark started really slow. All of a sudden, he's a dangerous hitter at the plate. And so it, we're capable. We've got some guys capable. But we've also, you know, some guys you've got that need to go from good to well above average. And then we've got just some spots in the lineup too, Bart. I think that we've got to go from well below average to decent. And, and right now, in terms of hitting, you just got a couple of spots you're not getting that. Yeah, you're not, and you know there's no surprise. I mean, this not not hiding anything down at the bottom of your order. You, you've got some holes right now, and even getting back to the top. I mean, this you, you can't play each and every game. And when Charlie and we talk about at times too about hey, you can give up offense for defense in some positions. Now, let me tell you this: if if you're that guy, you better be performing at an elite level in the field. But right now, you know, we got a couple spots in the bottom of the order and, and you just just can't you just can't compete with that. Here's the thing. Now, first of all, let me look back at Friday night. Everybody sees it and you you see the paper the next morning and everybody talks about 
Georgia blows out Mississippi State 11 to nothing. And what I'm about to say may sound a little bit like an apologist, but it's not. That was a 4 nothing game going to the bottom of the eighth inning. And all of a sudden you get you know, deeper into a bullpen. You start maybe going to some guys that you probably wouldn't go to if you're in a tie game or a lead. Um, it's no surprise right now. I, I mean, this is not negativity whatsoever. You know, Mikey Tepper is having a tough time getting guys out. We got a couple guys who are having tough times getting guys out. That's a part of it. We may come out next week and be able to get guys out, but right now, you know, we give up some runs in the seventh in the eighth inning, seven runs in the eighth inning, it turns into an eleven nothing ball game. And so I don't view as crazy as it sounds that as a blowout on Friday night. I just look to a Friday night in the SEC when you don't have a lead, you start going to some guys in the bullpen you normally wouldn't go to. The thing that bothered me more about yesterday's game is looking at the Georgia lineup and you lose 12 to 11. Now, hey, listen, is this Georgia team a bad team? No, they're 16 and three. I mean, they're ranked in the top 25 in the country. But the thing that bothered me more than anything yesterday, Charlie, is the guy that scored the most runs in the order for Georgia was Acton in the nine hole. Their nine hole hitter scored, nine, uh, scored three runs in the game yesterday. You know how many hits he had? Not a daggum one. That's right there. You start talking about walks and putting guys on and making errors. I mean, we had two errors in the game yesterday. We've had four on the weekend. Not getting the clutch base hit. That's that's not winning baseball. It's losing baseball. And when you put the guy on base in the nine-hole spot that many times from a free standpoint, walked him three times in the game, he scores three runs. Now, he got on base another time. got on base four times because he reached on a fielder's choice. That really doesn't count. But anytime you put the nine-hole batter who is just scratching out right now offensively and give the top of the order time, an opportunity to set things up when you've got an Anderson, a Tate, and a Collins and the guys at the top of their order, you cannot not put the, the bottom guy on base. And then when he does get on base, you can't afford to have Tate with two hits, Collins with four hits. And then how about this? So the thing about Tate, Tate has two hits, but he also walked twice. Collins had actually had three hits in the game, had four RBIs, three hits. He walked twice. So Collins, your three-hole guy, is on base five different times in the ball game, And that's bad. It's even worse when the nine-hole hitter is getting on in front of them. So I think you, you, know, you hit the nail on the head there. As you look back at the ball game yesterday, though, I th- let's stick to pitching one second because I think there's things we can touch on. We can talk about hitting. We can Even though you score 11 runs, you, you miss some opportunities. And, look, some of them were just baseball. Kellen Clark hit a home run. He also just murdered a ball that they make a great play on right at the wall. So some things go your way, some don't. Defensively, we haven't been very good. But in any event, like I said, let me stick to pitching one second. Here's what I go back to, Bart. It's like we have two categories of guys right now. We have guys who are struggling to throw strikes, and then we have guys who throw strikes but get hit. And so you have to ask yourself the question, is part of the reason that we're walking so many guys is because we don't trust our stuff in the zone, that we're almost trying to be too fine, trying to pick on the edges a little bit too much because, frankly, you're just worried about getting hit? I don't know what goes into it. I do know this, 12 walks in a ball game is is not productive and when you add to that with a couple of errors it's amazing that we were in it to begin with well i would agree with that point and normally i do agree with that point 
when you have narrow misses. And here's the thing that, that bothers me and, and bothers, I know, Scott Foxhall and bothers the guys on the mound themselves is you've had a lot of big misses with fastball. I mean, you're not talking about nibbling at the corners and trying to be fine from that standpoint. Now, if you're trying to nibble at the corners and you're missing six to eight inches off the plate, that's that's the problem right now. The rifles are fine. The scope's not very good. And we're not, you know, we're just not locating with fastball. You look at Parker Stinnett yesterday. He gives up four runs on just two hits, two strikeouts and eight walks. He threw 71 pitches and three and two-thirds. And that's been a problem for Parker all season long. Yeah, I mean, hey, when he's dialing in the zone, man, he's a national pitcher of the week. Um, if, if you go to the plate and, and, you know, he's got a chance to walk you, and he did yesterday. Th- those are the things, the big misses are, are the things that kind of bother you with fastball. Uh, you look at yesterday with, you know, the bases loaded in the, in the bottom of the, you know, in the ninth inning. You know, Jackson Fristo comes in the ballgame. What's the first thing that happens? The count goes 2-0. And then all of a sudden, with a count 2-0, it shifts big time to the hitter. And, and that's, you know, it goes back to what we talk about all the time. It's just a complete difference when you're standing in the box in a 2-0 count or a 2-1 count compared to a 0-2 count, 1-2 count. Just completely different. And right now, we're seeing a lot of 2-0 counts and a lot of 2-1 counts so far in the season for this pitching staff. All right, then let's talk about hitting the baseball a moment. You alluded to this a minute ago. Look, the guy we faced on Friday is just a big-time pitcher. He's a first-round guy, potentially even a top 10, 15 pick. So three hits isn't enough. But, look, you're going to have some of those nights in the SEC. I go back to a point you made a minute ago, too, about getting beat 11 to nothing. I think where our pitching staff is right now, at some point you got to you got to be a little bit strategic in how you use it. At the end of the year, losing 11 to nothing or 4 to nothing – doesn't really matter. It's still a loss on the board. So no reason to unload all the bullets out of the bullpen. Think about how we've talked before in regional settings. You know, if there was a bright spot, it is that we got blown out, and so we didn't spend a lot of pitching. We did that. We got blown out. Okay, who cares? But you come back, and the problem was you feel like saving the bullets didn't really get you anywhere in terms of on the mound. But at the plate – yeah, you hit it better. Yeah, here's a bright spot. R.J. Yeager's hitting the baseball better. It looks like now we've been kind of having that, those question marks in the middle infield. It feels like now at least you know who your second baseman is. Yeah, R.J. Yeager has kind of come on a little bit and been the guy we thought he was going to be. And, you know, you need somebody. We've been talking about all year about how we need somebody to win the position at second base. We needed somebody to win the position at shortstop. And, hey, a couple of weeks ago we said we needed somebody to win the job in right field. It looks like Kellum Clark has done that. And so it looks like you've taken care of business in two of those three spots. That's the positive because Kellum has taken that right field position, and you feel like R.J. Yeager has taken the second base position. And so now you just kind of hone in on what you have to do at shortstop. Uh, is it Lane Forsythe? He made an error in a game yesterday. Is it uh, Tanner Leggett? I mean, both those guys. That's the thing, Charlie. We talk about having holes in the lineup and at the bottom of the lineup. And, you know, you want somebody, if you're giving up offense for defense, you at least want that guy to bat 220. You know, we're not getting 200 right now out of the shortstop position. And I sound like I'm being negative right now, but and, and I, I'm, I'm trying not to. I'm just trying to be a realist right now and go back to the point which you said a minute ago. We could be a good baseball team. At times last year, we were not a good baseball team. On Sunday coffee, after we lost the first two to Arkansas, 
we were not very happy because at the time we were not a good baseball team. Now, you have to flip the page and look at this from a standpoint, and I'm not trying to pile on at all. I promise you I'm not. But if you're looking for Georgia right now, Georgia's got to be ecstatic to win two games and win yesterday. And the reason is, is Liam Sullivan, their number two pitcher, isn't going to pitch this weekend. And so they go with Wagner in the game yesterday. He goes three innings, and we hit him okay. But they were able to piece together a win to win the series. They were able to piece together a 12-11 win and actually just outscore you because that's the only way they could lose that game yesterday. or they could only, The only way they could win that game yesterday is just to outscore people, and they outscored us. And so with Wagner going, now all of a sudden you look to later today, Garrett Brown will go. Now Luke Wagner has been piggybacking off of Garrett Brown. And so what is Georgia going to do later in the bullpen? That's the positive is, hey, put this one behind us. Let's go out. We got Cade Smith, who's been very steady on the backside. Now, who do you go to in the bullpen? You know, I sent you that text yesterday, you know, late in the game, is, hey, who are you going to in the bullpen right now? And that's the thing is you can text different guys, but, you know, we don't have that steady arm in the bullpen right now that you know is the safety blanket. One quick position question. It was just kind of surprising. You look at Jess Davis, really hadn't been playing that much. Didn't have a ton of at-bats, hadn't been doing that much. All of a sudden, he gets the start on the Monday game, and now he's gotten two straight starts here on the weekend. He's done fine, the leadoff spot. What what do you attribute that to? Just we got to give somebody else a turn, might as well be his, trying to get one more left-handed bat in there. What do you see there? Yeah, I think that's it. You know, he got on base twice in the game yesterday. He got a hit late in that game in the ninth inning, you know, to keep the inning alive. He also walked in that game. You look back at the game on Friday, got on base one time, he went one for four, but you really wasn't getting a whole lot of the leadoff spot as well. You know, Luke Hancock in the game on Friday went 0 for three, and then you look yesterday, and Luke had a much better day at the plate, went three for six, but you just kind of can tell that Hancock probably feels a little bit more comfortable being in the middle of the order than the top of the order. That's the thing we just haven't had. We haven't had anybody feel comfortable at the top of the order. Now, hey, listen, it all goes back to what we talked about on Friday. And what do we say on Friday? Hey, no matter what happens, if you win one this weekend against a top 20 team on the road, you feel okay. That's kind of what you're supposed to do. I mean, you like to win three, you'd love to sweep, and I understand all that. But at the end of the day, going on the road, on the road, winning one out of three is okay. It's manageable. And that's why today's game becomes so important about what you decided, what you can do. Cade Smith has been good good for us this year. We just need a great performance out of Cade. We walk out of there today winning one out of three. We feel a little bit better or a lot better about the weekend. Well, if you're in this situation where you're down two games in the series, I think you've got the guy going to the mound that you'd like to have. It's way too early in the year to start using phrases like must win. But this is an important ball game today. I, I think it's just of monumental importance. And so I can't think of a guy that I'd rather pitch in that situation right now than Cade Smith. He's been consistently good for us this year. And so he's going to get the start. Look, here's the, the thing for today. We have the advantage on the mound today. You could debate that. You, you did not have the advantage on Friday. That's no knock on Preston. You're just facing a great pitcher. You could debate yesterday who had the advantage. But today, today, we have the advantage on the mound. 
And so then the question is, can you convert? I think it's going to be enormously important for us to come out and get into the Georgia bullpen early, not let anybody get comfortable on the mound, and then just let Cade Smith do his thing. I think he pitches well with a lead. I think he's a guy that trusts his stuff, trusts throwing it in the zone, and, and you hope very hard that he can go deep in the ball game, manage his pitch count as well. So you, you start to look at the game within the game today. If Cade Smith goes out there, faces some trouble, and all of a sudden throws, throws 28 pitches in the first, and then comes back and has to throw 22-24 in the second, even if he's not allowing runs, that's a big advantage for Georgia. I think it's important for Cade Smith to go out there and have quick innings because you're, you're going to need him to give you seven innings today. And I realize that sounds so out of place to say that in modern baseball. Nobody at any level, even at the major leagues, is saying, i got to have seven innings. I'm saying we need seven innings out of Cade Smith. Yeah, I agree with that, Charlie. And, hey, listen, before I go back, I feel like I've been a little too negative. And looking back at yesterday, I thought, and you mentioned coming out and taking a lead early and getting a lead for Cade Smith, we did that yesterday. We came out and took an early lead. We scored three times in the second inning, and you kind of build some momentum, and then you – you put a 5-1 lead up, and then Georgia gets the runs back. They, you know, they convert on some errors and a missed pop-up, and all of a sudden it's back to a 5-4 game. Kellum Clark hits a home run. It makes it 6-4. And then Georgia, we had the wheels fall off, and they score all those runs there. And then all of a sudden you find yourself down by four runs after the sixth inning. And after last night, what all happened last night, you get beat 11 to nothing, and I know that was kind of felt a little bit worse uh, than it was. But – I thought the positive, and if you're looking for positives about this team, I thought Luke Hancock's double to right field yesterday in the seventh inning when you're down by four runs and you've kind of got kicked in the teeth, it got us going again in the seventh inning. And then Jaeger finishes off the inning with a home run. I thought Kellum Clark had a good walk in there, and all of a sudden you load the bases. You know, Brad Cumba struck out, then Jaeger hits the home run, and clears the bases and ties the game. And I thought that was massive at that point. And then all of a sudden you take, you know, you, t- you tie the game at 10. And then after Georgia takes the lead back, you had Cumbus come to the plate in the top of the ninth inning and hit the home run to tie the game again. Now, we, we couldn't get that clutch base hit with the bases loaded in the top of the ninth. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Best hitters in this game only convert 35% of the time. And then you give up the walk-off. But I thought at the end of the day, when we had to have runs yesterday, we had some quality at bats. We didn't have poor at bats of guys trying to quote unquote do too much and have wasted at bats. We had good at bats when we were down in the game yesterday. And that's that's the positive that I can take from yesterday's game is knowing that, hey, oh dad gum, here we go again. And then the guy goes up there trying to rifle one out the right field. And that that was not the way we went about it. And so that was the positive for me. Charlie, on Friday in our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, actually it was on Thursday, our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, we talked about two guys to look for in Georgia. And, of course, Tracks Plus, they have four locations, three in the state of Mississippi, Hickory, Mississippi, Columbus and Startville, halfway between Columbus and Startville, Summit, Mississippi, and then Alexandria, Louisiana. Daniel Bounds and Fred Fulton over in Columbus. Ken Crosby down in Hickory. Gresh Howell in Summit. And then the Hoop Weems down in Alexandria, Louisiana with that great barco equipment for the Forester. Saney equipment for 
the dirt movers, the excavators, the mini excavators, and then Massey Ferguson at all the locations except for Columbus and Starkville, Massey Ferguson tractors and implements. And so the great customer service of our good friends at Trax Plus. And on that Trax Plus deep dig on Thursday, we had a two brothers, two guys to watch for. And uh, Charlie, I know how mine did, and I'll talk about mine in just a moment. But uh, ben, ben Anderson was a guy that I talked about. You know, Anderson batting in that leadoff spot. He went two for five in the game on Friday, had four RBIs in that game. So he hurt us in the game on Friday. And then yesterday, we kind of kept him in check a little bit as he did not get a hit in yesterday's game, the Saturday game. He went 0 for three, but he did walk a couple of times. He was part of those two. He was two out of the 12 walks in that game yesterday. So Ben Anderson, the leadoff guy, the center fielder, was the guy that I'd look to. Well, my guy, I wish I had a – done a better job of jinxing him on the weekend. Collins, the catcher, the DH, yesterday had a huge day. Now, on Friday, Corey Collins goes 0 for 3, reached base a couple of times by walks. He was on base a couple of times. But yesterday, man, he uh, he hurt us. Collins came to the plate five times. He reached base all five times. He went 3 for 3. Walked a couple of times, scored twice, drove in four. One of his hits a home run, and of course that was the the home run there in the eighth inning that put Georgia ahead. Yeah, Collins is look, he's been having a, a really good start to the year. He had a good day yesterday. So those guys uh, doing some damage in spots, but I thought Collins, and I could then go back again, Bart, to what you said earlier though. Acton reaching base three times really helped make that possible because it gave him a chance to swing with guys on base. And, Charlie, I almost said it, and it's one of those things, the famous last words of a guy who, for a guy that does sports casting, is I almost picked Acton on Thursday and said that's the guy you just got to leave off the bases. If, if you've got to deal with Anderson and Collins and Tate and all those guys at the top – You've got to make sure you take care of people at the bottom. And that's one of the things we didn't do, acting, getting on base. I go back to it, man. It was just very tough. And so, hey, onward to today. And we'll have a an 11 a.m. start our time, 12 noon, the Athens time, game three of this three-game series. And like you said, Charlie, you hate to say the term must win. We've got Alabama coming in next weekend for our SEC home opening weekend. But today is a big one on the road. Yeah, like I said, I hate using the phrase must win, but this is imperative. It is very important that we win this game. But I like the guy we're sending out to the mound, and I like the pitching matchup. I like the fact that we were hitting the ball better yesterday. Now we just got to make some plays. Yep. All right, well, let's do it later today. Charlie, enjoyed it as always. I enjoyed it too. Hope you have safe travels back from the Big Apple. Just do a good job locking up our Manhattan studio, if you don't mind. And then we'll get together on Monday. Wow, the Monday meltdown. We could be headed there, Bart. Yeah, we could be headed for the Monday meltdown. And no, I did not purchase a studio nor lease a studio. It is not our Manhattan studio. It is our sister station's studio. But I will not tell you who our sister station is. Well, it's probably a good policy. Well, important day today. I feel good about it. I'm not going to predict anything because I have regretted picking us a couple of times this year. I'm just going to say I think we have a chance today and we need to take advantage.
Yep, no doubt. Charlie enjoyed it as always. Once again, we've we're in the Farm Bureau Studios. I'm the roving Farm Bureau Studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Check them out at favorites.com. Tremendous customer service, agents in all 82 counties, and they have the best rates and the best service, without doubt. Farm Bureau. And then once again, Tracks Plus. Tracks Plus, a part of our Thursday Deep Dig. Our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew. I'm going to get mine on Monday morning when I get back into town. And then once again, our friends at Bank First, a better way to bank. Location throughout Mississippi and Alabama. Bank First, great customer service, mortgage, any kind of lending that you need, mortgage, business, home, commercial, whatever. Go see our good friends at Bank First at bankfirstfs.com. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on Sunday Coffee.